Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Joe, we are live. What's going on, everybody? Joe Ferraro here. Sean Ross Sapp here. Oh, one sec, Sean. Your intro kind of blasted me there. My apologies. May 22nd edition. The intro kind of smashed into my ear. I never heard that before. That's all right. May 22nd edition of the Holy Smokes podcast. A little surprise uh, audio glitch there. But everything is going good right now. Lots to talk about in the world of mixed martial arts. No ifs, ands, or buts. What went down uh, with my boy Kamara Usman defeating Damian Maia in UFC Chile. Lots of great performances on there. We're also going to talk, not just review that event, or preview, excuse me, recap that event. Um, Talk about some of these rankings. These rankings are just kind of funny. And some ladies in the strawweight division have spoken up about Mackenzie Dern being ranked uh, in the top 15. She took away a spot. We'll get into that a little bit later. Uh, we'll talk about Kamar Usman, Tatiana Suarez, Dominic Reyes. This is ridiculous. We'll preview oh, yeah. UFC Liverpool. Uh, as always, pros picks. It's going to be a lot of fun hearing what people have to say about upcoming events, especially the main event between uh, Wonderboy Thompson, who I guess he's joining us as well here, Sean. Two segments. Two segments, and of course, uh, we'll also do a little preview of Bellator 200. Sean, it was a long weekend here in Canada, so a lot of us uh, had a good time. We enjoyed some sun, despite the weather dropping very, very quickly in the evening. Uh, Ribfest, annual Ribfest for yours truly, uh, with some other friends and their kids. So uh, recovering, losing all that weight that I gained on uh, on Sunday. So so far, so good. How was your weekend? It's very good. Got some work done, saw some family, still dealing with this weird assumed bone bruise on my ankle. It is now nine days in and I can't do cardio. Eh, 
But uh, I'll go ahead and get the plugs out of the way, guys. FightfulSelect.com. When the rankings drop this week, I will do a UFC rankings update breakdown. Also, I'm adding a new feature. It'll probably be once a month. Sticking to the theme of Fightful.com, I'm going to do If It Were a Shoot, If It Were a Work. What what that means is I'm going to take the WWE pay-per-view matches as well as the big UFC matches, and I'm going to break them down as if they were a shoot in wrestling or if they were a work in MMA and how the UFC would love to book things, how they would probably end, how things would go moving forward. And on the WWE side, I'll break down the skill sets of each person individually, their strengths, their weaknesses, from a shoot-work perspective. I think that's kind of a fun, different idea. Head over to FightfulSelect.com. It's how we can bring you this show without ads. But my God, we got so much to talk about, Joe. UFC Chile, UFC Liverpool, Bellator 200. Uh, we've even got the Yair Rodriguez stuff, the Fabricio Verdum stuff now. Uh, Ian yeah. McCall just retired. Lots going on. I don't want to talk about Ian McCall. Breaks my heart. It's Breaks sad, my heart. Man. Breaks my heart. But he, he, right after that fight with Horiguchi, he said, maybe this sport has passed me by. And I guess after some further thought. Yeah, let, let's go ahead and talk about that because he did, he did retire. He said he was going to hang it up. Oh, I hate it, man. I really hate it because there has been nobody with worse luck in MMA maybe ever than that guy. He yeah. is just... He was a couple wins away at any given point for cha- to challenge uh, Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson because of the draw they had in 2012. However, after he got that win in, uh, over Brad Pickett, all he, he, if he beat Lineker, who missed weight, mind you, he would have had a title shot. I think if he ever would have fought in the UFC again after Lineker and won a fight, he probably would have gotten a title shot too because that's three out of four. Unfortunately, he headed over to Japan. Well, I don't want to say unfortunately he headed to Japan. I thought it was a great move to head to Japan. But that freak accident against Cape, and then, you know, he ran into Horiguchi. What what can you say? Horiguchi is the second greatest flyweight fighter of all time, in my estimation. And if you run into him, you'll run into trouble. It's sad. I mean, do I agree with him in some of the things that he's rather outspoken about necessarily? No. But I respect him as an MMA fighter, and I've mentioned this to you before, Joe. In 2011, when he was Tachi Palace flyweight champion, you could look at the Tachi Palace flyweight champion and say reasonably, they might be the baddest flyweight in the world because we didn't really have a gauge of that. That was the best gauge. Tachi Palace did a lot of great work with with that division and those types of fighters. What are your memories of of an Ian McCall? Oh man, everything from the the craziness that went down in that flyweight tournament when it was introduced to the UFC, uh, all the Tacky Palace fights as well, because he was always just so amazing. Uh, that's a good barometer of what you mentioned. That that was basically um, the test. It was the litmus test. It was it was who was who competing at 125, other than what was going also going on also in Japan at the time. Uh, but Ian McCall, widely regarded as the baddest flyweight in the in the world, because obviously Demetrius Johnson was competing in the WEC at 135. Um, that and then just Ian's fights in general, leading up to fights. That's the, the bad luck that he endured over the past few years. Um, just my elation when I found out that he signed with Ryzen, and I got to call us, you know, some of his fights. I only got to call two, unfortunately, but um, just that bad luck, man. Just caught up to the guy. I don't think he he should retire, but you know, he he, he knows better, right? I mean, some guys retire too late. Some of them don't realize what's happening. Um, can we make the can we make the argument that if he would have got hit by that shot that Horiguchi landed, 
three years ago, would he have been dropped like that? Probably not. You know, and that's one good sign. Fighters usually think, you know what, if I'm if these shots are dropping me now, I can't take it anymore. It's a good time to retire. I just think he got he got it was perfectly timed um, by Horiguchi. But do I want to see McCall retired? No. Do I respect his decision? One hundred percent. Yeah, without a doubt. And I mean, the man's had a lot of injury issues, and oh man, it, it's just a bummer. It's just a bummer to see a guy who seven months ago I thought was going to have a bright future in Bellator and in Japan and all over the place, even one if he so chose. It's it's just man, it's it's a bummer to see a career end this way. I think he had a little more left in the tank, but who am I to say? He's the one to make that call, and if he doesn't think that he does, more power to him and, and Godspeed. That, that he, he was able to do to Demetrius Johnson what nobody else since has been able to do, and that's hang. Yeah. That's it. Just hang. And he went to a draw with him. Did I agree with the decision? Not really. Uh, also, the fight shouldn't have been a draw. There was a major screw-up there, so that it's very likely that he could have ended up losing that fight, but... He holds wins over Formiga, Dustin Ortiz back in the day, Brad Pickett, Montague back when Montague looked like he was going to be something. But best wishes to Ian McCall. And also, we got the news just before we went on the air. Fabricio Verdum popped for a USADA violation. Now, we have seen enough of these situations to know that we can't pass judgment on this. And I said, I joked on Twitter, and I was like, well... See you when you're 45, because whether you're guilty or not, USADA's going to have you tied up Yeah, for years, 100%. probably. I mean, there was a time before USADA came into the picture that, you know, a lot of us were sort of opining that we need drug testing. We need more drug testing in the sport. Um, you know, it, it, it caused George St. Pierre to leave the sport at one point because it couldn't take anymore with all these guys that he believed were, were on something. And, you know, something was required. I remember when USADA first came in, you know, there, I would say for the most part, people were super happy. They were yeah. glad. They were like, you know what? Good. Now these guys are going to get tested. And I remember writing a piece saying what you're going to see eventually is a cleanup of the sport. You're going to see a lot of your favorites potentially get pinched. If they're not ahead of the curve, and we all know the athletes are far more ahead of the curve than the testers, if they can't keep that disparity or that, or, or, sorry, can't keep that gap, they're going to get caught. And when they get caught, they're going to be gone for a while, one year, two years, stuff like that. So what we've seen, and it hasn't stopped is this almost, quote-unquote, belief that there's been a cleansing of the sport, a cleansing of those doing performance-enhancing drugs or, quote-unquote, stuff that's illegal, that's not on the list, to somewhere where, like, now, when I see a USADA violation, sometimes I think to myself, well, did they really get pinched for something, or is this really potentially tainted supplements? Is it an error? Like, what is it? They're just being flagged, but chances are when you're flagged, Sean... um, you're caught with something, right? Oh, so, yeah. I mean, it, it's 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 a weird sort of scenario. Just want to say what's up to everybody in the live chat. A bunch of people joined us for the very first time. Kareem Kanji, who I know very well. Thanks for joining us, Kareem. Uh, and what's up, everybody? You guys are already going crazy on there. Uh, like, Luca Mate says he's happy with USADA. Are you happy with USADA? You take the good with the bad. And, I mean, they've obviously caught several cheaters. However, there are several people that have had their careers affected, possibly even ruined by f- false drug tests, whether it was USADA or somewhere, someone else. Uh, look at a Cynthia Calvillo. Uh, look, at a, look at a Josh Barnett. Barnett, yeah. Look at Junior Dos Santos, who 
as I mentioned on the Fightful Select rankings breakdown, just popped back up into the top 15 recently. Like, oh, th- there he is. And um, today, I, actually, I can update this now. <laughs> Since they haven't made the full updates, Junior Dos Santos now at number 14 because Fabricio Verdum has been pulled from the rankings due to this violation, and now Junior Albini re-emerges. So uh, you're really starting to see some of those older names kind of just pushed out of there, but, man, it's it's a mess, dude. It's a mess, and I can't pass judgment on the guy until we know, and that's that's a sad reality of the USADA situation is that we have seen so many people exonerated at this point. There needs to be some sort of fund set up for this, for people who lose out on their money. I don't know whether it's by USADA, by the UFC. Of course, we're not going to go down the rabbit hole of uh, associations and stuff, but man, these guys are losing out on a lot of money. Some are losing sponsorships. I'm going to reserve judgment. I won't won't speak on anything, at least yet. You're talking about reserving judgment on Verdum? Yes. Yeah, I'm at the point now... Um, I, I can't say that it's not. I don't trust Usada because I do. Sure. But at the same time, it's it's they're there to do one job, right? And that when that one job comes into question a couple of times, you then start thinking to yourself, "Uh, uh-uh, uh, we got a problem here. Who's responsible for this? What's happening here?" Because your job is to find people that are on performance enhancing drugs. When you find them, great, penalize them. I'm all about it. Penalize them. One yeah. year, two year, four year, whatever. But when you're flagging someone and there's nothing really wrong, nothing really happened, and like you said, they've lost a portion of their career, which is basically money, we got a problem. I mean, look at Josh Barnett. I mean, the guy had a history with this sort of thing, so it's understandable. From December 2016 to March 2018, you all can't figure it out sooner? What's so next level about this if they can't figure it out in six, it takes 16 months. 16 months, my man. Yeah. Wow. That's unbelievable. That it should not take a full calendar year. And now Josh Barnett has not fought since September 2016. And at that point, he had won two of his last three fights, had a couple of performance of the nights. And it's like, okay, well... What what can you do with that time? What can you do with that age of 39 years old as a UFC heavyweight? That's a pretty big year to lose. That's a pretty big one. My God. I mean, they could have put on... They could have done Barnett and Verdum in that amount of time. Yeah. That could have been a big, good fight for them. Not big, but I mean, it would have been a hell of a co-main event on something. It's... And he's he had to go over to pro wrestling. It's just... Oh, my God. I If... And that's the thing. USADA and the UFC are going to open themselves up to lawsuits with this as well. Now, however, you're doing it for the the, the good of the sport. We have somebody in... Uh, Lacomate says, I'd like to see the king of bros in the cage again. I don't think... I, I don't think Matt's going to fight. Matt Riddle is going to fight until he gets a big money offered. Then he'll probably entertain it. But he's making six figures doing independent pro wrestling on the weekends right now. He's Come getting, on, is he making that much? Oh, yeah, he's the hottest thing on the independent circuit. Atta yeah. boy. Yeah. I love it. Way to go, Matt. He's I didn't making, know it was that much. He's making so much money right now that if WWE came to him with an introductory introductory offer for NXT to move to Florida, he, I don't think he would do it. He's just enjoying it too much doing what he's doing right now. 
I mean, there's wow. there's a lot of things that I think about Matt Riddle, and man, the guy is the guy is doing real real well for himself. Like, What's with Shayna Baszler saying she doesn't want to get called up? She's fit now. I mean, she's NXT champion. Okay, and she's working really well. You got Jessamine and Marina down there with her. I don't blame her. And Ronda Rousey's doing her thing on the main roster. Triple H, man, he sees the value in the crossover stars. And when you've been doing back bumps and break falls and side falls and front rolls and shoulder rolls and all this stuff in your training, it makes a lot of that stuff really, really second nature. Look at Tom Lawler, as Dang MQ says. Tom Lawler killing it on the indies. And now you have Major League Wrestling, a a promotion that just got a, a, a TV deal. They're promoting... Jack Swagger against Tom Lawler as UFC versus Bellator. Like oh, that, no way. They're, they're really, yeah, they're, we're seeing a <laughs> lot of it. So Josh Barnett had the good fortune of having a wrestling background when he was out. Not everybody has that. Tom Lawler, too. Not everybody has that option. And I know that Fabricio Verdum says he has that option, but he doesn't have that option. No, you got to so. be able to sell. you got to be able to, I mean, there's gimmicks and there's wannabe gimmicks, so... Um, the, the one thing that I noticed in the chat, uh, I think it was, you know, it's VK that basically posted. So it, it comes to the, the conversation of if you're a UFC fighter and you aim to, or, or just a mixed martial arts, but obviously under the UFC banner, because you are being tested and you realize, you know what, I'm, I'm staying away from anything and everyone, anybody recommends to me, I'm going to do my own research. Uh, I'm going to use this protein supplement, this thing for recovery, this and that, this and that. And you know what? I can buy it at my local uh, supplement store, whether it's a big chain or a small chain, and quote unquote over the counter. And I look it up, and you know it's 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 been tested. Everything is good. Blah blah. That's all you take. Yeah. Or that's all they take, and then they get flagged with something. Then they come out and they basically say, "Hey man, I, I took only stuff that's over the counter, legit." Blah blah. Half the world's not going to believe them, but they're going to be sidelined for a year or so. Yep. By the time it all gets cleared up, and that's what sucks. It does suck. And, I mean, you can take a pic. Yeah, it, you always heard the Donald Cerrone thing. I'd take a picture of it, send it to Novitsky or USADA. They'd give it a thumbs up, thumbs down. Well, what happens if, if something's contaminated? Can't, yeah. can't do anything. Uh, also, I wanted to mention before we get into the coverage aspect of this show, Yair Rodriguez kind of not really cleared up why he was fired on the MMA hour yesterday. Mm-hmm. I got to say, had Dana White maybe uh, expanded a little bit on the situation, I probably would have understood it, although I don't know that I would have understood it because I don't necessarily understand what Yair Rodriguez was saying. Oh, they offered me a fight with this guy. He wouldn't take it. Then they offered it to me later, and I was disappointed about it because in the meantime, I accepted a fight with one guy, but I wanted more money for it because I knew it was going to be a big fight. And th- But then I said I'd fight him in Russia and not accept more money. Okay, well, first off, I just want to say this. Yair Rodriguez ain't in the position to say that any fight that he's going to ma- he's going to be fighting in would mandate more money. I mean, sure, I'm sure he's underpaid, but no, Yair Rodriguez versus Zabit is not a big needle-moving fight by any any stretch of the imagination. When I saw this, I was like, okay, UFC and he they they need to they should have probably sat down and really talked about this talked it out, but holy crap this was confusing. Yeah, yeah, and that, but that's how most negotiations go, anyways, right? Yeah. They're, they're not everybody just accepts and fights. 
you know, there there are there is room to negotiate, although it's not much, but there is room to negotiate per se and basically say, you know what, no, I want this or I want that. I mean, some of the conversations I had with Kamaru Usman um, prior to this UFC Chile fight, even before this one, before his last fight, uh, and just, you know, talking about some of the opponents, some of the big-name opponents that he was trying to get at and the stuff that was being said on the side, stuff in negotiations from the UFC side. Which, even he was like, no, man, I'm not doing that. And then the, the opponent wouldn't do it, and the opponent wanted this, and Kamaru's like, I ain't doing that, you know. So it was, it was so much back and forth with with everybody, and the opponent didn't want to do it. It's like I said, big names, guys that are competing real soon, and Kamaru just wanted a top five guy, you know, or a top ten guy, and you know, eventually Santiago Ponzinibbio was put before him, and he's like, you know what, if this is the next step that I got to take, then I'll do it, right? Don't want it necessarily, but I'll do it because he's a tough fighter. But I'll be able to shut him down and do what I need to do. And instead, Santiago pulled out or got injured. Damian Maya steps in, right? And it's it's a win-win, right? Because what did Kamara really have to lose in this fight? Let's go ahead. We'll talk about UFC Chile right after we hear from uh, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, who yes. headlines this Sunday's UFC Fight Night: Liverpool against Darren Till. Take a listen. You know, at the time, like I didn't even know who Darren Till was, to be honest with you. So, and, and not until after he fought Cerrone. Like, he's faced four guys that I've never heard of. He beats one guy who's on a three-fight losing streak. I'm like, I don't even know who this guy is. No, I'm not fighting. You know, I'm not fighting this guy. I want to You know, I, I wanted to see where the welterweight division was going. You know, I wanted to see, wanted to know who who Tyron was fighting next. I was ranked number one. Um, I tried to get that fight with RDA. That wasn't happening. And there was talk about an interim title. And I wanted to see if I was at the top of the list for that, which I wasn't. Uh, you know, you got two guys fighting for that here coming up, which kind of is disappointing. And you got the number one contender fighting the number seven ranked guy. Not, I'm not underestimating him at all. I know he's tough. <clears throat> it just doesn't make sense. <clears throat> You know, um, it's, I don't think the UFC is just going by the rankings anymore. It's just about, you know, the entertaining fights, I think. But, uh, you know, I, I'm excited about this fight. I've never been to Liverpool. Um, I fought in enemy territory before. So, you know, fighting Warren McDonald in Ottawa. But I hear the Liverpool fans are above and beyond what the Canadian fans are. You know, they really are passionate about their fighters. So I'm prepared for that. You know, I'm, I'm going to go out there with smiles on my face and, I'm going to do work, man. I'm not going to take this guy lightly whatsoever, but um, I'm ready, man. I'm excited because it's another stand-up fight, stand-up fighter. Most of the guys that I face in 170 Division are have been wrestlers. And that's why another reason why I was excited about the Masvidal because he's mostly notorious, you know, uh, you know, known for his stand-up. And so is Darren Till. So I'm excited, man. Do you feel like Till deserves this fight? And you talked about some of the intangibles in it, but, I mean, if you look at his, his sort of his notable win, it was Cerrone, and you mentioned he was on a bit of a losing streak. Um, is it a bit surprising to, that they presented that matchup to you? Yeah, I mean, it was, if you're going by the rankings, you know. Um, but I understand they're trying to hit that market out there in Liverpool, which is understandable. Um, and he's from there. He's, he's a big talker. Um, he's... 16-0. I mean, he's undefeated, so there you go. That's why one of the reasons... I mean, if you're in the UFC, it doesn't matter if you're at the bottom of the rankings or at the top. You have the potential to lose to any one of them. To any one of them, you know? So, man, I'm training I'm training as if this guy is the title, is the champion. Um, but, yeah, I was kind of disappointed at first. Like, man, you know, why am I... Why did they have me fighting the number seven guy? I just fought the number four guy. Beat him. 
Um, I could have knocked him out if I didn't broke my thumbs, I felt like. If I didn't have injured my thumbs early in the second, I could have finished Masvidal. But, um, you know, I ended up beating him, and now they want me to go back even farther and fight the number seven guy. You know, coming up in the rankings, when I was coming up, I, I was ranked number two. I had to fight the number one contender to fight for the, for the title. And um, it's not that way anymore, you know. So it is what it is, man. It's politics, but I'm a fighter. I'm ready to go out there and do battle. <laughs> I love these weeks where there are actually things for us to talk about. And before we get into Chile, there's something that is completely spaced. And it's WWE news that absolutely relates to the UFC, Joe. It was reported yesterday that SmackDown Live, which is WWE's essentially B-show, I mean, they try to portray them on the level, was signing a five-year, $1 billion rights fee deal with Fox. Fox. Big Fox Weekly. We know wow. that UFC considered $200 million lowballing. They're getting $150 million a year, essentially, out of ESPN+. Plus. They're going to make more off of ESPN Plus shows than some pay-per-views. WWE will now make more off of weekly episodes of SmackDown, and they're going to make more off of Raw. NBC Universal. NBC Universal couldn't afford to keep SmackDown. So I would imagine the UFC is about to get a big increase. Who knows? They could still end up on Fox. The dominoes are falling right now. Really, I think that first one with the UFC had to fall with the ESPN deal. Then it's NBCU. Then it's Fox. UFC still looking for a prime one. I like it. I think it's really exciting. I'm I, I had some people coming at me because I refused to insinuate the quality of a wrestling program 16 months from now. I refuse to assume the quality of an MMA event 16 months from now. I don't know what kind of shows UFC will put on ESPN+. If they're getting paid more for a paper, for ESPN Plus shows than they would have a low-level pay-per-view or a medium-level pay-per-view to them these days, it's, it's such a... I, I want to say a cool, interesting, different time to watch this all unfold because I, I don't know if it's moving away from the $65 price tag. I don't know if the the majority of fights are moving away from that, but man, rights fees, they're going crazy. We could, uh, listen, I'll sell the rights to this show and we'll broadcast <laughs> live and we'll just take a few grand a week. That's it. Done. That's it. I'm in. I'm in. Where do I sign? Right. It's That's, I mean, yeah. the, these broadcasting rights fees, I thought were were going to stabilize. Kind of stay the same, if not just a little bit more. Not what I'm seeing right now. It just goes to show you where, you know, the importance of the medium of where it's going to be broadcast versus, you know, live events in comparison to, you know, pre-programmed shows. Right. The the appetite for live events and sports is huge. You know, that's that people are still going to be I, I, I to me, it's it doesn't matter where I see it. If it's easier, I think it's more of ease at this point. Right. If it's simply easier to turn my television on and it's on there as opposed to having to, you know, get it on a box or something like that or, or an Android box or Apple TV. You know, it all depends on how your TV is set up. But ease is what people are looking for at times as well. Uh, believe it or not, that's PP. People don't talk about that, but it's the conversations I've had. It's always been how easy can I find it? I, I tell people you got to listen to Sean Ross Sapp on, on the show sometimes. You know, back in the day for the American fans trying to find a UFC event, it wasn't easy. 
you know, because it was here, there, everywhere, blah, blah. They just want to be able to turn their TV on or whatever medium they have and find it, right? Whereas if you're watching this stuff um, on your screen, on your, on your uh, excuse me, on your, on your iPad, your laptop or whatever, it's a different sort of searching mentality. But, you know, the old school guys just want to sit on their couch, Sean, grab their remote, click, 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 and start watching. It is such a crazy, wild time. We saw UFC Chile this week. Uh, I have to say, I mean, you know, big win for Kamaru Usman. I thought a weird break in the action with essentially the abdominal stretch applied by Damian Maya. He was fighting to avoid an underhook, and maybe he could have gotten a standing twister or something. That was a weird stoppage. That was really the only thing noteworthy other than the fact that Kamaru Usman has unreal defensive wrestling. That was a good fight for him. I thought it was offensive that Tyron Woodley said that Usman should fight Masvidal next. No. No, Masvidal's lost two fights in a row. He should not be ranked as high as he is anyway. Uh, it should be the winner of Teal and Thompson while Woodley fights the winner of RDA Covington. It, it just works Simple. out that way. Yep. Man, uh, Kamaru Usman's defensive wrestling was the story of that fight. Yeah, I think he did. Uh, I mean, I was texting with him back and forth before and after the fight. And, you know, in my opinion, the way he competed against Damian Maya is just he executed a perfect strategy. You know, business, not, not, not that he has no business being on the ground with Damian Maya. Why bother? Yeah. Why bother? That's where Damian's the strongest. You don't put your opponent uh, in the strongest in, 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 his, in the strongest his strongest portion of the fight down on the ground. As an example, you don't do that. You keep him standing. You avoid going to the mat with him because that's his technically his only strength. Now Maya did connect on Usman's chin a few times. Let's, let's not kid ourselves here, right? Yeah. So you know Kamara does have to work on his head movement, but other than that, the strategy pretty much was not to go to the ground with Damian Maya, as surface level as it sounds. Um, he executed it perfectly fine. If Damian was able to get in for a takedown, separate, get back to the feet, and just work your striking, work your striking, punish him, punish him. You have 25 minutes. You don't have 15 minutes. You've got 25 minutes yeah. to execute the strategy. If the knuckle presents itself, you go for it. If it doesn't, you just keep chipping away at that tree. If the tree falls down, great. If it doesn't, just keep chipping away. And that's what Kamaru did. Uh, to some people, it was boring. But at some point now, he's got to realize, now that he's defeated Damian Maya, now that he's in the upper echelon of the division, you know, you still want to, you still want to have exciting fights. But he's at the point now where he's going to have to protect that ranking. You know, people insult Tyron Woodley all the time for the way he fights. Uh, he's boring. He, it was different when he was a contender. Well, he had to make a name for himself yeah. before he became a contender. And then once he became a contender, it became a little bit more strategical. And when you're the champion, it is way more strategical to fight and keep that belt than it is to compete and try and knock people out. Some guys have it in them. Girls have it in them to go in there and always put on a show. It's risky, man. When you become the champion, you want to keep that belt as long as you can because there's money. I expect Usman to move up to number five in the rankings ahead of Masvidal and Maya. He should move up yep. to number four. He should be ahead of Lawler, too, in my estimation. Lawler has he's won one of his last three fights, so I, I think Usman should be up there. It's progression, and we're getting some new stars, and, and I like that. Uh, elsewhere on the show, at least on the prelims, before we talk about some of the, the main card fights, uh, the Claudio comeback, he was diving for submissions the whole fight, never gave up on it. That was impressive. Frankie Sines, at 37, is still able to let his athleticism 
take control of so many fights. That was impressive. Pollyanna. Botelio, I think it was. I think that's yep. how you pronounce her name. That's one yep. I'm watching for in this division. She defeated uh, pro wrestler Shiri Kondo. Gabriel Benitez with a, a very high-risk, high-reward slam KO. And then you had really a boring fight that led led to a major finish in Vicente Luque over Chad LaPriest. But uh, Apollyana is the one that stood out to me. The only person that's beaten her is Vivian Pereira. Yep. And right now I'm looking at these three names, and it's a carousel right now outside of Suarez. Suarez impressed me more than anybody on the show, even though she was the biggest favorite. Vivian Pereira holds a win over uh, Pollyanna, and then Pollyanna is just, she's rounding out her game. That's three real good young anchors for this strawweight division. That's a good sign, in my estimation. Tatiana Suarez, world-class Alexa Grasso, and just dominated, dominated. You want to see a, a good head and arm throw yeah. in women's MMA? You watch Tatiana Suarez... Ronda Rousey, maybe Carla Esparza sometimes, and probably nobody else. Yeah. Maybe Kayla Harrison when she gets involved. But so often I see women in these head and arms, they end up getting head scissored or they get their back taken because the, the techniques are wrong. Oh, no, no, not with Tatiana Suarez. So I am very excited to see how those three women in particular, Pereira didn't fight, uh, she hasn't fought since her loss to Suarez, but... Ooh, Pollyanna and Suarez both looked incredible. Yeah, I mean, I didn't see that coming. I know she was the biggest favorite Suarez was against Grasso, but I was hoping, I, when I when I saw those odds before the fight, I'm like, man, these things are too far apart. Alexa's going to just, you know, show that, you know, she belongs in there with her. Oops. Like, Tatiana was just viciously mean to her uh, and finish her off real quick with that choke. Yeah. Once she had that position locked in, and then, oh, it was just crazy. Um, Pollyanna Botello against Kondo, though, that one was quick. That was 33 seconds, and that was just ruthless, mean. You're, you're taking this kick, and that's it. This fight's As... over. And she she went in there for the finish. You mentioned Claudia Puelas' fight against Felipe Silva, Sean. Um, I've never seen a fighter as much as Puelas look as if he wanted out but he's like, I'm not quitting. But yeah. I should really stop fighting this guy because I've got nothing on him. And he's really beating the crap out of me. And I really want out. And then, no, I don't want out. And You could and have finished it at one point. Yeah. You could have called for the end of the fight. Yeah. And then to pull off that knee bar, I mean, can you imagine you're Felipe Silva thinking to yourself, are you kidding me? I'm just over 97 seconds away from winning a fight. And I got yeah. knee barred after beating the crap out of another human being and getting knee barred. It was crazy. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. 
Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So that, yeah, that was impressive, of course. A lot of impressive performances. Uh, Alexandre Pantelia against Brandon Moreno. I don't think Brandon Moreno's striking has evolved to where it needs to be from the place that he put himself in the division. Now, I'm not saying that he shouldn't be there. He put himself there with those two early wins in the UFC. However, he's facing a guy that eliminated him from tough, and you see why the guy eliminated him from tough. Yeah. Uh, and Alexandre is now in the title conversation with probably another another win. Uh, also, I want you all to look, if you all get a chance to watch the fight, as entertaining as Andrea Lee's debut is, the, the that was some athletic green grappling as opposed to Tatiana Suarez's really refined, technical, outstanding grappling. <clears throat> Elsewhere on this show, boy Dom Reyes. <laughs> Dom Reyes, who was making his LFA debut... Hadn't even made his LFA debut a year ago. One on June 2nd, they had him turn around, and then he knocked out a guy a few weeks later in the UFC. He's now 9-0. He's 3-0 in the UFC. Let's take a look at how things are at light heavyweight right now, Joe. Daniel Cormier, fighting for the heavyweight title, might be retiring in under a year. John Jones, we don't have a damn clue what's up with him. Alexander Gustafson... If he gets beat by Rockhold, that really pushes him back. Rockhold making his debut at light heavyweight, likely against Gustafson. We'll see how yep. that goes. Glover Teixeira, Shogun Hua, Jimmy Manoa, they ain't getting any younger. So right now you have Ovin St. Preux, inconsistent at best. Corey Anderson's emerging. Jan Blachowicz is emerging. Volkan Ozdemir here and there. Then you've got the Tyson Pedros, the John Volantes, the Jordan Johnsons. And I think Dominic Reyes is one to watch because you don't know where he will be in a year with the way that this division is. He could be co-main eventing cards in a year. Yeah. That's, that's where we're at at light heavyweight right now. Yeah, we're still – and there's obviously the almost weird either Latifi, right? You just don't know what's up with him because he's just he shows up, exactly. he destroys people, he shows up, takes a beating, and goes down. So it is a division that's going to see a lot of – you know, Misha Serkinov, like, what's going on with Misha, right? Like, he's still young, right? He's not old, so we'll see what happens here. But, yeah, I mean, Dom Reyes is just something else. I mean, and he's not even anywhere near how good he's going to be. If he keeps his nose to the grindstone and continues doing what he needs to do to get better, he's still going to get really, really good. Because you can look at this fight here against Cannoneer and think to yourself, ah, he needs to work on this, he needs to work on that. But, man, is, is he accurate and powerful with his striking? Oh yeah, that that like to be able and and Cannonier pushed forward. He had to. He really didn't have much of a much of a choice. And Dominic Reyes stayed composed, landed a couple of real nice uppercuts. That teep to set up the uppercut was nice. I am very interested in Dom Reyes. He wants Jordan Johnson, and you know, fine. If I'm him, if I'm uh, Reyes, who probably debuts in the top fifteen this week as well. 
FightfulSelect.com plug. I'm asking for somebody else. I'm asking for a Shogun. I'm asking for an OSP. I'm asking for a Manawa. I'm asking for one of those guys. And I would start rounding off some of these light heavyweights. I would start putting the Jordan Johnsons and the uh, Dom Reyes's against the Shogun Hua's and the Jimmy Manawa's. Let him sink or swim. Yeah, that's how it's done. Right? That's how it's done. You take this, the new blood. I've never really liked new blood versus new blood or up-and-comers against up-and-comers when they start getting into the top 15 of a division. Now it starts. Now you start to see who's – or what I, would, what I like to see is where they stack up, like you said, against the older blood, the guys that are potentially on their way out. Do they still have what it takes to, to compete with the young guns or are the young guns that much better to take them out? So um, when they're at the lower echelon, which should really be happening at the grassroots level – they compete against each other. When they get to the UFC, it's a different story altogether. I remember when Ryan Bader and John Jones fought. I thought, man, that's too early for these two guys to be fighting each other. Way too early. But that was Joe Silva's era, and that's what he wanted to do. So, yeah. Well, it worked out for Jones, and eventually it worked out for Bader. But now, that's a fight I'd love to see run back now. I don't think that, well, I don't know what to expect out of a John Jones these days. But, man, it is a, it is a good time. We've got some breaking news. Joe, are you ready for this? I'm looking for it. I think I know what you're talking about. Shorty Torres fighting yep. on UFC Utica. Uh, first off, first off, I just want to say UFC. <laughs> Chicago's like right after that. What are you just, doing, mate? Yeah. It's, what are you it, doing, mate? Sorry, it is it's silly. James Lynch is getting uh, Shorty Torres uh, a Shorty Torres interview ahead of that Utica card. Good, deserved. Can't wait to see it. Long, it's isn't it weird to say Shorty Torres long overdue because he's so young and so so relatively yeah. new to the sport. But it is long overdue, and he should be on the Chicago show. But you know what? It's better than nothing, right? That fool is not even on. Uh, I'm just looking at his thing right now, and his why, replies. Why to me. They'll only offer him short notice fights. Weird. Yeah. Unusual. Well, he anyway, was expecting that, anyways. Anyway, guys, I'll send you all to the second clip with Wonderboy Thompson, and we'll unpack this news. With the fact that this is your first fight outside of North America and there is a bit of a time change, do you sort of have to adjust, uh, you know, when you get out there and everything like that? Is that something you've thought of yet as far as, uh, you know, uh, getting acclimatized? I know the weather's not different. The time, I think it's five hours ahead, so you might have to plan things out a little bit differently. Yeah, yeah, it's really not that big of a difference. I mean, five hours is really nothing to me. I mean, I... um, we're going to go out there, I think, two days of what when the UFC usually brings us out. They usually bring us out, fly us out on a Tuesday. We're going to get out, get out there Tuesday, two days before just to get acclimated. Um, we're fighting on a Sunday, I believe, so um, which I've done before. I fought Ellenberger on a Sunday. So, uh, yeah, we're going to go out there and get acclimated a few days early. And uh, you talked a little bit about training camp there, obviously working with Chris Weidman. Who are some of the other guys? I imagine, you know, Carl Reed, guys like that that are sort oh, of really man. pushing you. Oh, big time. And I, I've got really long guys. And – uh, not just great strikers, but they're big, big dudes, you know, and they're fast, they're explosive. Um, and that's most of the guys that I train with, you know, are big guys. Uh, my buddy John Sweeney, who's a phenomenal wrestler, and he's very quick. Uh, so he gives me that speed as well. Uh, you got Carl Reed, you got uh, Chris Wyman, obviously, Amber Lynn. I spar with everybody, to be honest with you. Our amateur and pro team, it, it consists of, you know, little 11-year-olds all the way up to guys my age. You know, I think I'm like the oldest oldest guy in our group, you know, being 35. But uh, um, I spar everybody. And everybody, if one guy has a fight, everybody trains as if they have a fight. 
So Carl Reed's helping me out. I mean, even even the 11 year olds, I get out there and I just work my head moving. You know, they're trying to take my head off. I'm sitting working my head moving. So everybody helps me get ready, man. And and uh, we're one big happy family here, and everybody's excited. And and which is what cool about our gym, which I love. I've been to a, lo- a lot of other gyms where it's about me. It's all about it's all about the fighters. About me, me, me. It's a very selfish environment, you know. Um, which this sport, everybody does see you, just you fighting out there, but it's not just you to help you get there. If it wasn't for your team, you wouldn't be out there, you know, to begin with. So, um, you know. So you've had a little time to digest it. Shorty Torres, UFC, Utica. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to get a hold of Shorty right now. We're kind of going back and forth, but um, he's not saying much. I'm assuming he's going to probably have to wait for the UFC to make the announcement. The official that's, announcement, of course. Yeah. That's what usually happens in these types of scenarios. But uh, I, I, I would say he's probably signed. But uh, lots of discuss with Shorty, man. He's a two-division champ with Titan FC. So that's two belts that are now going to be vacant. So the uh, flyweight and the bantamweight belt are officially going to be vacant. So, uh, yeah, we're just kind of going back and forth. I'm trying to get some quote out of him, but he's, he's playing smart. <laughs> well, we do have uh, UFC... This weekend, Liverpool, as you all just heard Stephen Wonderboy Thompson talk about. Uh, but we also have Bellator 200 on Friday. And we had Mirko Krokop pull out, leg injury. A lot of people seem upset. I'm not that upset. I mean, I'd love to watch Mirko Krokop fight, but I remember how bad that first fight was. And this Bellator show is still a very good show. Kate Jackson versus uh, Yankova on the prelims, which might get moved up, as it should. But Carvalho and Musashi, that is a high-level MMA fight. I, if that were a Fox Sports 1 main event, I would tune in all day. What do you think about Musashi and Carvalho? Oh, it's a sick fight. If you take a look at the actual um, odds for that, Musashi's a heavy favorite. Yeah, it's Minus wild, right? Minus 300. I just want to make the announcement that my son has officially walked into the home office here. Hmm. Uh, so he's just – he's waving at me right now. He thinks you guys can see him, but he can't. Um, yeah. The, the Musasi-Carvalho fight is a sick fight, and I can't wait for this one to go down. I'm surprised at the odds, but kind of understand it. But, man, Carvalho can do a lot, a lot by earning a victory here versus Gugard because it's, this is a sick fight. Uh, it's a good card, man. Like Vassell and Davis, and holy smokes, is Davis a huge favorite? Minus five hundred in this one. Uh, you know, Ben and Page. It's just, it's, it's a good, good tilt for Bellator two hundred, man. I'm excited for this one to go down. Yeah, very excited for this. Whew, this is just one of those fights. Like it's so under the radar. Nobody's talking about this show, and I, you better believe I'm going to find a means to watch it live as opposed to Friday night for that. That. Uh, that tape delay that they're going to do. Also on the show, Michael Page against David Rickles. This is by far Michael Page's biggest test. Dave Rickles, 19-4 and four with two no contests. He is unbeaten in his last four fights. Uh, he did lose to Gillard. They got overturned. But, man, he, he's been a consistent guy. He's been a consistent test for Bellator fighters since, like, what, 2011? And he's competed for the Bellator Lightweight Championship. I think this is a, an, a fair test for Michael Page, but Michael Page is facing free agency soon. Yeah. So first off, how do you think this fight goes, and where do you see Michael Page going at the, by the end of this? 
Well, I think Page does emerge victorious in this fight. It won't be easy. Uh, I'll tell you one thing, though. If it if it's if he does pull off a victory here, like in the first round via like crazy finish, you and I will be on WhatsApp real quick because that's oh, yeah. super impressive. That's super impressive. But I do think he emerges victorious. As to where is he going to go? I think, I mean, depending on what the original contract with Bellator is, and they've got the first right of refusal, he may not be going anywhere. Uh, I think the UFC would be silly not to entertain bringing him onto the roster. But we, we've seen the history of some of the Bellator guys that have come over. They haven't fared that well, right? Some have, some haven't. Uh, I mean, Eddie Alvarez's start was pretty bad. Yeah. Right? But, you know... It is. I, I do have a quote here from Shorty Torres, by the way. Um, again, not confirming or denying he has signed with the UFC, but you can read into this as you please. Shorty Torres, quote, It's been a long time coming, and I've worked extremely hard for this. I've been through my fair share of tough battles, ups and downs in the sport, and I'm finally happy to say that I made it out of the neighborhood. Thank you, everyone, for the support. It means so much to me. We can. We will. Together, we are Team Shorty. End quote. Yeah. I'd say he's signed. Excited. But, yeah, he's yeah. he's fighting Jared Brooks. We'll have an interview with Jared Brooks up on the site as well. So MVP, I'm picking him to win too, but I don't think it's going to be easy against Rickles. I think Rickles is going to make it messy. But who are you picking in the Carvalho Musashi fight? I didn't get your prediction. Musashi. Oh, you know what? You know you know the drill. It depends on which gay guard shows That's up. Very true. Right, and because and he's just he'll be as boring as one can possibly be, or he'll just put on a show when you least expect it and think, hmm, all right. You know, I know guys that have trained. Uh, if you're hearing noise, yeah, I'm looking at some of the, the comments in the live chat. If you guys do hear something in the background, that is my son on, on the uh, stationary bike. He thinks it's time to work out while I'm doing the show. Um, in terms of, of Musa, like you just don't know. I've, I've talked to guys that have trained with him, and a lot of them have said, man, his ground game isn't that good. Who, Musashi? His ground? Yeah. Wow. Right? And I think to myself, well, you're also sparring. Yeah. You're also just rolling around in the gym. And the bottom line is, when it comes to fight time, it's a different ball game because you're getting guys throwing bombs to your head or making mistakes when they do so. And that's where Musashi tends to capitalize. Now, is his takedown wrestling fantastic? I'd say no. But a motivated Musashi is a very dangerous fighter, and Carvalho can have a very hard time with that. If I'm Carvalho, just, man, try and bully him. Don't give him space. Just bully him. Man's 32 years old and was fighting an M1 in 2005, fighting an MMA in 2003. I, I always wonder when that's going to catch up with somebody. Uh, Rafael Carvalho has not lost since his debut, and he had the Manho fight put... A bad taste in people's mouth, I think. But the second one, well, at least the finish. And the Sakara fight kind of erased it, in my estimation. And now he's on his way to becoming among the most successful Bellator champions of all time. If he beats Musashi, he ties uh, Ben Askren's record for most successful title defenses of any Bellator championship. So that's something to look out for, too. If Musashi's aggressive, I think he wins. If he's not, I think Carvalho's going to win because Carvalho is the master at just waiting for people and then winning fights. I think that's just that's the way it goes. Uh, we also it's five have, rounds, yeah. We also have Linton Vassell and Phil Davis. Linton Vassell, fresh off of a uh, Bellator light heavyweight title fight. Uh, Davis lost his a little bit before that, last June. Both guys trying to work their way up. But Phil Davis... I don't know if he's going to lose to a Linton Vassell. 
know, I think Phil needs some sort of wake up call, and this could be it here because you know it's it, it was nice when he had that belt wrapped around his waist. Uh, unfortunately, Bader, you know, made him think otherwise. And now with Bader defeating King Mo the way he did, Bader stock skyrockets. You know, that could have been Phil Davis in that tournament, right? Yeah. And so Phil's got he's almost got his own personal axe to grind with himself in terms of trying to figure out ways. You know, it's not like he's not trying to finish fights because he is. It's just a matter of what do I need to do to actually finish fights? Yeah. That's Bellator 200. Kate Jackson, Yankova on that show as well. We do have uh, full coverage of that this weekend. We're about to talk UFC Liverpool. But first, let's hear what the pros think. I don't know. I'm probably be at that one. Uh, I don't know. I keep going back and forth on that. We're we going to see. You know, it, it's the X factor is there too. It's like, how good is the kid? I mean, yeah, he, he looked decent versus Donald Cerrone. But, I mean, his fights before that, it's like, eh, okay. Um if, if you make me pick, I got to go with Steven just because of the experience and, and, and him already being up at the top. But I could see Till, you know, that hunger is a motherfucker. If, he, if he's hungrier than, than, than Steven, because uh, Steven's already been there, done that, then it's going to be a long night for him. So uh, we're going to see. I, I, I'm, I'm real interested in that fight. I think I'm going to actually be at that one. You know, I think probably Thompson because he's got the experience factor. But, uh, you know, that's going to be a good fight. I'm excited to see how that plays out. I think. One of those guys is going to be on the Nerd Bash campaign, and and no one no one's safe in this division. This this Nerd Bash campaign, this is a movement that won't be stopped right now. Well, um, after Darren Till just looking so amazing in his last fight, it's hard to to not go with Darren Till. But um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna do the opposite, and I'm gonna say, you know what? I'm I'm gonna go with the experience, and and, and uh, just the distance. I think that. Uh, that he's gonna deal with somebody who can, somebody who can move in and out a little better than anybody else he's ever faced. Um, Stephen Thompson is a karate master. Karate masters are, are amazing at closing the distance and 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 staying away using his sidekick. Um, I, I I think uh, Stephen wins it. Pressure from Darren Till. If Darren Till's gonna get it done in his hometown, pressure without doing anything, and it's, it's it has to do with energy. He understands it. You see him walk in the cage. You watch. He, well, I can't wait to fight me and Darren Till. I, he's not going to stay at welterweight for long. I'm looking forward to that fight. I'm, I'm looking at everyone. But um, when you see him walk to the cage, he's got this look. And you can just tell. Some people just know how to me- mess with your energy and know how to push and pull. Kind of like the tides of the ocean. So he has to do that. Even Thompson's really good at that. So Till has to do that with, with, with Thompson. Pressure him without doing much. Make him guess. And make him second guess without big feints or anything like you can you can man, you can manipulate their their flow and and cut the rhythm off so he has to fuck up with his rhythm uh yeah that's how i think till can win that fight thompson just do what he does stay away spin shit front leg side kick blitz what well, thing is till's counter punching though if he tries to blitz till with some sloppy hands he can get counter punched uh, that's another one too i think uh steve thompson goes in there and puts an on him uh I don't think uh, Darren Till is, like you said, I don't think he's beating any guys in the UFC like that. He's beating a Donald Cerrone that was coming off of a movie and all the other stuff. I think he's good, but I don't think he's uh, ready for Steven Thompson yet. Ooh, I'm going to be there for that fight too, cornering Jason Knight. Um, I see Steven Thompson winning. He just, he he covered, he controls range too much, too well. I don't, Darren Till is really good and he has a lot, of, a lot of knockout power, but he covers range way too well. 
Thompson's really is, is, is obviously he's really good, but man, Darren Till just has this belief in himself that he just is gonna be the next fucking world champion. It's hard to it's hard to you know shake that belief when it's firmly rooted in you, but. So I'm, I think I'm gonna go with Till on that one, man. I think he's gonna shock a lot of people. Um, and uh, you know, recently a lot of these boxers have been kind of mowing down these these kickers. You know what I mean? They've just been walking them down and really putting hands on them. If you gotta look at Till's last fight against Cerrone, you know, I, I mean, I don't know, man. I, I, I but I'm, I'm I'm gonna pick Till on that one. I don't know. That's a good one. We have the full pros pick video over on youtube.com slash fightful and fightfulmma.com. Over 10 minutes of pros picks on Teal and Thompson. James Lynch does such a great job uh, getting those. But this is a good fight. We, we kind of mentioned that Teal fell off a cliff like as far as a personality perspective went in that period. And while the Cerrone fight was a, was a nice win for him, this is the test. This is the real test. And if he wins this fight, there is no denying that he belongs atop this division and or, or near the top of the division. Oh, it's just, there's just no there's no debate argument. If Darren Till emerges victorious, he, he's up there. He's up there. He's just you know Kamar Usman is next. That's just that's just the way it is. Um, do I think he's going to defeat Stephen Thompson? I don't believe so. I think Stephen Thompson is just going to do what he always does and, and just, you know, um, I, I appreciate what Israel was saying in the, uh, it was a smart cat, by the way, that, that kid's, uh, he, he knows what he's doing. Uh, I just don't think, I mean, a lot of people are buying in this Darren Till thing. Uh, I know I was convinced. I know he's got skills. I know he's absolutely fantastic. Um, but, you know, th- there's a lot of times when I look at a fighter's record, it, it used to be something I used to do back in the day when I used to break down a fight is I would look at, you know, the type of caliber of competition they would face up against and what that competition did in order to get to that fight. And as we know, Donald Cowboy Cerrone is a fantastic fighter. But, you know, he had just finished a movie and was injured and hasn't been the same Donald Cowboy Cerrone as we had seen in the past. So Darren Till met the perfect storm when he fought Donald Cerrone and dummied him, just completely dummied him. He's also a bigger dude. Like, realistically speaking, like, Cowboy Cerrone technically fighting at welterweight's fun and all, but these guys are bigger than him, man. They're much bigger than him. Now, Darren Till taking on Steven Thompson, he's going to have a whole new headache. Now, if he can just take away that space that Thompson needs, remove that footwork while understanding you're going to eat shots when you do that, but then land some of your power, you're going to snap Thompson's head back if you can do that, and you can put him to sleep, but... It's all Thompson has seen for his whole life, right? So, we'll see. Yeah, I'm hoping that this is uh, an exciting, aggressive stand-up battle as opposed to, you know, the Machida-esque. Even if it results in an amazing knockout, you know, I would rather see a real test of Thompson going forward and how Teal can address that. That's what I would like to see. Uh, Obviously, he handled it okay against uh, Donald Cowboy Cerrone, but... Steven Thompson is championship level. He just couldn't capture that championship, if you know what I mean. I'm going to go with Teal, although mm, I, I just think it's time. I think it's a lot of a lot of these youngsters are coming up right now. You also have on this show Neil Magny against Craig White. Uh, Magny's winning that. Arnold <laughs> Allen against Mads Burnell. Arnold Allen's winning that. But... 
outside of those two fights, I'm really interested in Jason Knight and uh, Makwan Amir Khani because Makwan Amir Khani just burst on the scene in 2015, had a couple of big, exciting wins, had the fight against Wilkinson, took a year off, lost to Arnold Allen, took another year off. And in your late 20s, I, I wonder why that is. I wonder how you can take a year off at a time and then still progress to the level you need to be. At least back then, it looked like he was going to be something special. But Jason Knight's going to give him an exciting fight. Well, Jason Knight's always got exciting fights. That guy there brings the pressure, brings the pain. And whether it's his pain or someone else's pain, someone's getting hurt, someone's going down, and you know the fight probably won't go the distance. But it's going to be that's going to be a fun scrap. That's going to be a good co-main event. Um, I, I'm you know as, as weird as it sounds, Daniel Kelly and Tom Breeze. I'm going to enjoy that fight. You know, Dan Kelly, Dad Bod. You know, it's just it is what it is, man. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that as well. But um, this main event, co-main event, man. Don't sleep on it. It's going to be some good stuff here, man. Really good stuff. Yeah, I think we're going to see some good finishes, that is, uh, at least in the co-main event with, with Neil Let's not forget Elias Theodore is on this card as well. Elias is on the prelims. I was going to get to that. As is Gina Mazzani, both number 15 in their divisions. Elias taking on Trevor Smith. Mazzani taking on Lena Landsberg, best known as a cyborg victim. <laughs> what are you looking for out of these fight past prelims? Kind of interesting that these fights were put down there, but... Elias doesn't have the most exciting abouts pretty pretty often, so I, I can't disagree with that notion. No, I mean it's it's been the one thing Elias has had to endure from um, from many of his critics is that you're not finishing fights, um, or your fight your fights aren't that exciting, right? And you know it takes a while for Elias in general to get started because he's he's that fighter that understands it takes a bit of time to understand your fight your opponent's distance reach. And timing, and he has no problem taking three or four minutes to do that. And in doing so, it takes a while for him. Now, sorry, in doing so, he's still going to launch his hard shin kicks. He's still going to launch some combinations. He's still going to do what he has to do to try and hurt his opponent in doing that. Problem is, first three or four minutes makes things boring. And you know, next thing you know, it's a minute to go on the round. You got to pick up the pace to make it exciting to steal the round. And then rounds two begin. So uh, when you think of Elias Theodore, you're not thinking of a first round finisher. Right, that's what usually pick, sticks in people's minds uh, are finishers, guys that, or girls that finish people early and often. Elias doesn't want to do it, doesn't have to do it. He just needs to win. So the other thing now, on the flip side is now you're on the prelims. How do you get back onto the to the Fox card? How do you get back onto the main card or main events or not main events, but uh, main cards? You, you got to finish exciting fights. You got to finish. Uh, and the same thing with Gina Mazzani and Lena Landsberg. Gina Mazzani in her quotes leading up to this fight here. She's going to have some fun with her fists. Got to finish. Got to finish. Same thing with Lena Landsberg. Got to finish. Yeah, Elias has finished two of his ten UFC and tough fights. So, I mean, if he keeps winning, then he'll. I'm sure he'll stay in the UFC. But a finish would serve him very, very well. However, I think he's more... I just think he's more concerned with actually winning the fights than, right. than finishing them. We'll see. We'll see how that ends up. This show, not the most loaded as far as star power goes. Claudio Silva is one that I'm very interested in seeing. He's 2-0 and in the UFC. He's fighting Nordin Taleb. I'm always interested in seeing whatever Dan Kelly can cook up <laughs> with those old no uh, ACL having knees of his. Yeah, it's he, true, yeah. Man, that guy has not seen a ligament since he was like 20. 
Yeah. You got Tom Breeze on the show. He's looking to come back after his first UFC loss, after he went 3-0. and So there are some interesting fighters on the, this card. Uh, Davey Grant, Eric Spicely also. Uh, Eric Spicely, a, a fan of pro wrestling, but he's dropped two in a row, and he's on the main card. A little confusing. However, his fights get finished. For better or for worse, they get finished. So I could understand... Uh, possibly why that happened. Same with uh, Davy Grant. I mean, my God, the guy was choking every single person that he fought up until he got into the UFC. Then all of a sudden, he started to get tapped out. So I can see where they, they assume maybe a more exciting fight. But we will have live coverage of this on Sunday. I'll do a post-show afterwards where I will also talk about the Bellator show. Um, just lots of cool stuff. We have Ring of Honor coverage out of the UK this weekend. Well, everybody... Everybody's just it's a it's the party in the UK. Right? This it weekend. is. Exactly. I should have themed this week. Son of a bitch. I missed out. <laughs> They're doing Honor United on Saturday from the UK. That's on Ring of Honor Honor Club. Jesus man, before we go, Mackenzie Dern popped up in the UFC rankings. Boy was I pissed off. I don't blame you. By the way, I apologize for being a bit further away from my screen. My little son is just like all over the place underneath me. He's afraid to come on camera, Sean. Huh. But go ahead. Mackenzie Dern, who also pissed off. Uh, Angela Hill wasn't happy about it. A lot of fighters weren't happy about it. They shouldn't uh-huh. have been happy about it. She ain't a friggin' straw weight. Embarrassing. Who do you blame? For putting her in those the rankings. The UFC for allowing her to be ranked in this panel. Not the media members. Should, oh, that should I blame them too. They're idiots. Yeah, like you know, if that was if she was my only option to for her. Sorry, sorry. If at the time when I was voting uh, as one of the members of the media that were doing the UFC rankings, if she was my only option at bantamweight or excuse me at uh, at strawweight, I wouldn't have voted for her. I'd slide yeah. her over and move her over to uh, uh, featherweight. Not featherweight. Excuse me, flyweight. Right. So it's just I don't know, but it is what it is. Sorry. Go ahead. Vinny Fernandez says, she makes the UFC waste money on a translator for her. What a joke. No, she does not. That is the UFC's call. They, she doesn't request that. She doesn't ask for that. She speaks nope. English. She speaks Portuguese. That's not something that she makes anybody do. That's weird. A lot of people, her accent thing, guys, that, that, that'll happen. Look at Stone Cold Steve Austin's daughters. They have British accents because they moved to the UK. And they live around... Their mothers. It, it happens. It happens. What I just else want to say that, that, that translator from UFC Chile. Yeah? He was bang on. He was awesome. That's how you translate. You do, it's your one job. It's your only job. Translate. And he did it. Unlike some other people that we've seen in the past, some people that are currently doing it, some people affiliated with certain Russian emperors. Uh, yeah, just one job. To translate. What are you looking forward to out of this week? Well, I'm looking forward to a lot of these fights uh, this weekend. That's for sure. It's going to be fun. I think there's going to be some uh, some motion going on uh, this week for some reason. I'm paying very close attention to some of these broadcasting rights uh, and some of these deals that are going down and how they're all going to affect each other. I think you're bang on when you did mention um, what's happening with the WWE and their $1 billion deal. Like It's it's crazy what's happening. But yeah, uh, I'm just super happy for Shorty Torres right now. Uh, I'll probably try and get on the phone with him tonight or a little bit later on. Um, he's sending me hearts, Sean. I mean, what do I say to this guy? This guy's being silly. 
That's Shorty. Shorty's a funny guy. But uh, very, very proud of him. And, yeah, a lot of stuff going down, man. And other than that, got to make sure that this little guy to my left here is just going to be feeling better real soon because i got to get him back to school. Yeah. He's, a, he's coming to soccer practice tonight, but he ain't practicing. He's sitting on a chair, and he's going to watch. Yeah, I'm not having him run around coughing everywhere. I have some people. Lake Homate won't give it up. Accents are fine. Not speaking the language correctly is the issue. Your vocabulary changes. Your dialect changes. The way that you speak changes depending on who you live with. Research the subject. It'll make sense. There, There is no benefit to her pretending not to speak English. She doesn't do it. It's not... It's not what goes on and Lacomate says not your intellect brother it's not the same okay Lacomate says you're bilingual he's bilingual well then you should know I've seen it seen it tons of times tons of times especially with Spanish language speakers and vice versa that move to our area it happens you pick up you pick up who you live with people who live with Americans will pick pick up that and she has started to live with uh, Portuguese speakers this is what happens. I don't know why people make such a big deal out of it. I don't know what the fascination is. Don't uh, anyway, make faces. <laughs> He's making anyway, faces. guys, check out FightfulSelect.com. We have tons of content up there. Check out our post show this weekend. I did one for UFC Chili, too. Head over there and check that out. Until next time, guys. Save big money on plant protection supplies. Now at Menards. Defend your garden with Triazicide Insect Killer. Its fast-acting formula protects lawns, vegetables, and many other plants. It kills more than 260 insects by contact, above and below ground. Choose from ready-to-spray, concentrate, or granular. Save big money on Triazicide Insect Killer at Menards. And check out our weekly flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save